0: It's the Not-So-Bon-Voyage podcast, episode 22.
1: On this week's episode, we talk about in-flight bullies, murderers in vans, and Chinese jewel scams. Grab your rubies and let's go! And then the train got lost.
0: How does the train get lost when it's on rail? I just
1: want to get out there, in the wild.
0: Well, it was in the itinerary. I mean,
1: adventure, it's calling. Ladies and gentlemen... Good day, mateys! And ahoy there. Ahoy, voyagers. Uh, welcome
0: back, episode 22. Of the Not So Bon Voyage podcast. I'm Jules. I'm Christine. And
1: we're jumping straight into a quick travel update before we just jump straight into our stories today, because we're back, baby. Yeah. I mean, we've always been here.
0: We're still here, you guys. Yeah.
1: I mean, we say we're back, baby. I guess it just means, well, this episode's a bit late, so maybe it feels like we took a break.
0: Yeah, and also I hope there's not that many babies listening to our podcast It's definitely PG-13, sometimes R-rated
1: I I don't think this is PG-13
0: You think it's R? Well, not
1: R, but it's
0: It's between, it's like PG-17
1: Yeah, I mean, we (laughs) we talk about, you know, there's some sex stories There's some pooping yourself stories It's
0: definitely swearing
1: There's a lot of swearing
0: So babies, if you're listening, put on your earmuffs But everybody else, listen up, we've got a lot to say
1: That's it We are a little bit late this week because we've had a pretty rough week. We haven't really had any not-so-bon-voyages, I guess, apart from being sick.
0: We have been sick. We've been, like, alternating being sick. Mm -hmm. So, like, I was sick for a little bit, and then Jules got sick, and then I got, like, food poisoning or something the other night, and then today Jules isn't feeling well, so it's literally, like, ping-pong. Bing,
1: bada-bing, bada-boom. Bing, bing, bing. Yep, yeah, bing, bing, bing. Things that go bing. Yeah. But we are still in Edmonton for another couple of days before we head off in the van down to Banff. So we're just trying to rest and recuperate before we got to get back in the van. And yeah.
0: We did go to the largest mall in North America over the
1: weekend. We did. and It we was saw, huge. I think we saw a very small part of it and it was still massive. Oh my God. Overwhelming. And we went to the... Famous ice castles in Edmonton. Yes, we and did. we just happened to pick a Sunday, which was full of children. So many children. Yeah, that was a that was a bad, 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 bad. It planning. was bad. It was not good. It Actually, not no, good.
0: sorry. It was it was, it, Sunday, it was it was beautiful, and we liked it. But choosing to go on a Sunday, it was overwhelming with the
1: kiddies. Too many kids.
0: Too many kids.
1: Kids ruin travel. <laughs> they no should way. do an
0: adult night at the ice castles where they like serve cocktails and stuff.
1: That would be cool. It's a club in there. Yeah.
0: I'll bill you ice castles for that great idea.
1: <laughs> so we have been a bit sick, but we I think we're on the mend.
0: We're on the mend. We're, we're on the have, up
1: and up. We're going to have to be because in two days' time, we're getting back in the van. Three days' time, we're getting back in the van and cruising down the Banff, and we're going to continue our Canada road trip travels. But for now, we're just going to get into our stories because that's what the Not So Bonfire podcast is about. It's not just about our travel updates.
0: It's about all the stories of when shit goes wrong on the road.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to go straight into mine. Let's do it. It's something that was in the news very recently. I actually just saw this a couple of days ago, and it's the story of another online booking agency collapsing, (gasps) leaving hundreds of Aussies without travel plans. Oh, no, not the Aussies. Yeah, so just like Thomas Cook, uh, which collapsed – when was that? Like mid – no, end of last year?
0: Um, September, it was October. Definitely last year it was, in the second half.
1: We talked about it in our earlier episodes, like episode two or three. Thomas Cook was a huge travel agency that did everything. It booked your travel, like your plane trips, your cruises, your hotels, your activities. And they just one day just went, mm, we're closed. Oh, wow. So. No, you know that story. Yeah, I do know that. I told <laughs> like, that story. Oh. Yeah, you're like, oh, wow.
0: I told that story. But I'm just thinking back about when I heard about it and I was
1: like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Uh, but no, So not nearly as big as Thomas Cook, but Fly365 is an Australian-based agency and it closed its doors and went into voluntary admission, which is basically bankruptcy, isn't it?
0: Voluntary admission? I've never yeah, heard that before. I think it
1: means you basically are fucked.
0: <laughs> I declare bankruptcy. Yeah.
1: So literally overnight, the website went offline, the app shut down, all the social media accounts were disabled, and an automated voice message was left for anybody who called the number and Fly365 just went out of business (gasps) like that. So there is a good chance that a lot of people who booked their tickets – earlier probably did like the booking went through with the airline because they're, they're one of those agencies, you know, when you go on and you look at the Skyscanner or Kayak and they, yeah. they've got all the e-dreams and yeah. like all these dodgy ones. Kind of like, sketchy. Kind of sketchy and you're like, I don't know if this is actually a real airline. Like is this actually going to work? Mm-hmm. So they're all third-party agencies that make bookings on your behalf. So sometimes, well, most of the time they do go through to the airline, mm-hmm. but some of these people have been left basically stranded after the company got shut down. So one person uh, that was in the story is this woman called Lauren Black who recently purchased two Brisbane to Rome return flights for her and her husband and they spent about two grand and they jumped on and only to see that the ticket and the agency and everything was down. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, shit, like what's going to happen with our flights? So she called up the airline directly. She spoke to Thai Airways and they found the booking reference, but they'd also found out that uh, Fly 365, I don't know, I'm trouble saying that. Fly, fly three six five.
0: Maybe you want to say Fly 365.
1: Yeah, maybe. Uh, they found out that Fly 365 cancelled the flights last week. So wow. So now she's out of luck.
0: Dude, that sucks. And they can't get their money back?
1: Well, I don't know what I don't know what the process is. So I think a lot of people who booked their flights a long time ago, I think their flights have gone through. Uh-huh. So they got registered with the airline. The money went to the appropriate airline. They're all booked. That's fine. Uh-huh. But with the ones that were booked recently, I think maybe Fly365 just went, yeah, cool, give us some money. We'll book the flight. And then they just went, oh, fuck, we're broke. Uh, we're not going to book the flight. And they didn't. So people who booked their flights recently I think are out of luck. So they just stole their money. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to accuse them of anything. Wink, wink, you stole the money. But I don't know. <laughs> I wow. mean, you just, do, I declare bankruptcy. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's how you do it. You just stand on a table and declare. and Yeah. Then you declare so
1: it. I think that they might be able to get their money back. They could probably file like a credit card refund. Okay. Or they might be able to get a refund, but I don't know. But basically, for the moment, a lot of people are fucked.
0: That sucks.
1: So they had to book flights because, you know, because then you pay for the rest of your ho- holiday as well. Yeah. So you book the time away, you've got the the hotels, you've got the activities, you've got everything like that. And, yeah, so you basically have to buy new flights and just hope that you can get your money back on the old ones. Wow. And last-minute flights are so expensive. Ooh, yeah. Wow, what a bummer. Yeah, I know. Huh. It's weird because when I was looking at this, there's also another one called BestJet or, well, uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm incriminating someone that. I was going to say Webjet, but I don't think it's them. <laughs> there was another Australian one. But what's the deal with these... Agencies just they can just pop up and pop out.
0: It's crazy that a company can just close down its website, its social media, everything one day, and just be like, "Sorry, you're out of luck. Like we're literally,
1: closed, literally overnight." Yeah. Like you make a booking and they don't say anything. They're not like, "Hey, just so I mean, what are you going to say?" Hey, just so you know, we're actually having some troubles at the moment. So uh you know, you, you know, you might want to book or you might want to hold off.
0: Just hold off a week and see if we're still in business. Yeah.
1: So instead, they just have the website. Everything's fine, and then you book a flight and then. The next day you go on to check your confirmation and it never comes.
0: That's so whack.
1: Yeah, so I don't know if there's anything you could do to prepare for that. I don't know if there's any travel takeaway here. Mm. I mean, I guess the safest bet would to be to book directly through the airline. Yeah, but you don't I, you don't often get the best deals that way.
0: I have heard about those third party airline bookers on like Skyscanner and whatnot and Skyscanner is basically just a search engine so they don't really have control over those third-party companies that pop up in their search results no
1: but they probably do something because there was some quotes from Skyscanner on it so I don't know if the woman found it through Skyscanner but I wouldn't be surprised if Skyscanner does a little bit of due diligence I
0: because I think either we've contacted Skyscanner before about this or other people have but I've heard them say like they th- these third-party agencies pop up so quickly that it's impossible to catch all of them.
1: Yeah, and just as quickly as they pop up, they peace out.
0: Yeah, they pop down.
1: Yeah, so sketchy. It's
0: very sketchy indeed. Yeah. Sorry so, to those people. That sorry sucks. to all the
1: people that are on Fly 365 flights or not on the flights, I guess. <laughs> oh, they're, not, they're definitely not on the flights. not on the flights.
0: What a bummer.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Mm, okay. I've got, no,
1: I've got another in the news. Okay, let's hear it. We're going to roll straight into it. Love it. Uh, this in the news is something that happened a couple of weeks ago. So it's, you know, it's, I'm being very topical today. And it is an incident that happened on a flight, but it brings up a very interesting debate that I want to have with you today. Ooh, Not a debate, I love but a it, discussion. A and we would love our voyagers to weigh in as well.
0: A meeting of the minds. A
1: meeting of the minds. So this is Wendy Williams. She's in the news.
0: Wendy Williams. Wendy Williams. Wait, do I know Wendy Williams?
1: Not personally you don't.
0: When, who am I thinking of?
1: Yes, there is a news anchor or yeah, something Wendy like that. Yeah, Wendy
0: Williams is the talk show host, right? Yes.
1: She's been saying some controversial things recently. Yeah, she's she, she said some things. Well, this is a different Wendy Williams. This okay. is Wendy with an I. And this story goes back a couple of weeks and has caused a bit of an internet, not shit show, but you know, a bit of a discussion amongst, even celebrities have been weighing in on it, things oh. like that. So Wendy is on an American Eagle flight, which is, a
0: American Eagle?
1: Yeah, I think it's part of American Airlines. It's American Airlines, basically.
0: Isn't American Eagle the clothing store?
1: Yeah. That's it said, hilarious. It's American Eagle. Are
0: they related to this airline? I don't know. I would not trust an American Eagle flight.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, American apparel flight. Do
0: they sell jeans, like, during yeah, takeoff? Yeah, Aeropostale.
1: <laughs> yeah. So she's flying from New Orleans to Charlotte, which is about a three-hour flight. And she's at the back of the plane. I think she's actually one seat before the end of the back. And she settles into a flight and she decides to recline her seat.
0: Oh, oh okay. Do you I feel know like this I heard one? a little bit about this. Yeah.
1: And uh, this is what allegedly happens next. So the guy behind her – so you know how on aeroplanes, if you're in the very last seat, it doesn't recline? Yes. So that's pretty much the worst seat that you can be in.
0: We always get stuck back there. Yeah,
1: because we we don't fly. We just buy the cheapest flights, and we never assign ourselves a seat. So yeah, we end up I there.
0: hate paying, like, the extra $10 uh, or something for principle. that. Just out Seriously.
1: Uh, so he was at the – so that's why I say she was at the second last seat. So he was at the last seat, and it's one of those seats that doesn't recline, which is stupid because it's kind of unfair. Like, you should just make the extra space – So you can recline. Right. So she is the seat in front of him and she reclines her seat. And then the guy up behind her asks her, he's like, hey, uh, I'm eating. Do you mind if you raise your seat again? So she's like, she says she does that. That's fine. But then later on, she notices that he's finished eating. So she just presses that button and just reclines herself again. Mm -hmm. What happens next is crazy. So according to Wendy, the guy starts to punch the seat
0: oh my from God. behind. So
1: he's like punching the, the – I don't know if there's a screen, but he's basically punching the back of the headrest quite aggressively, that she said, uh, the, making a point of her reclining her seat. Uh huh. So Wendy says that he, started, he punched it like pretty hard a few times and then she basically busts out her phone and starts to record the event.
0: Oh, my and God. And in the
1: video – and I just want to show you the video. You can look this up on Twitter and then in the video you can see the guy basically just repeatedly – He's softly, like, tapping and punching the seat just behind her. Here's the video. So you see she's filming it in selfie mode. Oh, my God. This is so funny. And this guy is just sitting behind her just going tap, 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 (sighs) tap, 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 just punching the seat. And she's just chilling. It's like like torture. Yeah. So I don't know how long this – I mean, the video goes for, like, a minute or so. I'm pretty sure there's a longer video that's two minutes, a different version of this. And it's just the same thing. He's just bang – Bang, bang, bang. And this guy doesn't give a fuck.
0: Wow, these people are very committed to their stance.
1: Oh, he said something to it. I haven't said – maybe this is a different part of the video. But look, he's just like bang, bang, he's bang, He's also bang.
0: simultaneously watching something on his phone while he does this. So he's, he's multitasking.
1: So he's got his headphones in and he's watching something on his phone, which is on the tray, and he's just going bang, 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 like dozens and dozens and dozens of times. Repeatedly, on and she, she, repeat. And she's just sitting there chilling, like just recording him doing it. So she's just got the camera out and this guy doesn't really look like he cares at all.
0: Yeah. They're both very committed to to their point of view. She's like, I'm not going to like uh, unreverse my seat. I'm not going to buckle
1: to your pressure.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to put my seat back up. And he's like, I'm going to keep punching. Yeah. So
1: And how's this, all right? So when she sees... Uh, she calls her flight attendant or when she sees her, you're going to love this because we know how you feel about flight attendants. Flight attendants. The flight attendant goes to her, what, right? Uh. And then she sides with the guy behind her and she's like, it's pretty tight back there, apparently, Wendy (laughs) says. And then she looks after the guy by giving him some rum. What? The guy who's hitting her chair, she gives him some rum.
0: That's a good idea. Give the violent guy some alcohol.
1: I mean, that's what a lot of people are saying.
0: That's crazy. So she
1: puts in a complaint about it. Uh, Wendy is told to delete the video by the flight attendant. Oh, and, and okay, that it's ag- whatever. So did you know it's against the law to film on a plane?
0: I feel like I have heard this before. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Um, I'm not sure, but- I, I have heard that before. I
1: mean, I know you should know because you're a specialist in aviation law.
0: I am a specialist, but indeed. But if we
1: do have any other specialists, if anybody knows, I mean, I'm sure we could, we could probably just Google it.
0: No, it's too easy. Let's wait till somebody tells us.
1: Yeah. So and apparently it is illegal to film on a plane, and so she's told to delete the video, which she obviously doesn't. And then she complains about the passenger, and she gets a passenger disturbance notice <gasps> to fill out. But, what?
0: What is a passenger disturbance notice? I don't
1: know, but it's basically like a big fuck you to anybody who's causing an issue.
0: So she she's the one who has to follow. So it up.
1: she yeah. So she is basically being pitted as like in at least in the air hostess's uh, eyes, as the one who's causing the issue because she's being a bitch for reclining her seat. Wow. But then he's the one that's Assaulting, it's it's a strong word. It's not physically hitting her, but he is causing a bit of damage.
0: I wonder what he said to her. I feel like that's important information.
1: Yeah. So she's claiming that it left her in need of medical care. What? I mean, she's American, so of course. Well, I mean, we love to sue, uh, and that she had headaches, which I could probably understand. Yeah, I, mean, I would have got- a headache
0: just from like this, just from watching that video. I've a headache.
1: You've just yeah, you've got your head against that thing, and the person just punching, 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 punching. Yeah, and she, although she does say, I will point out, she does say that she has a recorded history of neck surgeries and, like, spinal fusions from an incident. So maybe this legitimately did. Maybe another airline incident. Yeah, maybe. So maybe this did legitimately, you know, she did get a little rattled from this. But Wendy wants to follow up with American Airlines about this, and she doesn't really get – I don't think they really weigh in on it. She doesn't really get much feedback from it. So she posted it to Twitter, Oh, naturally. Naturally. And this is where it blows up, and every – non-gendered specified person and their non-specified animal pet gets involved.
0: Oh, my God. Twitter is the world's courtroom, so let's put them on trial.
1: So they both basically get called the same things from different people. So one person says, she's the bully. One person says, he's the bully. One person says, she's immature. One person says, he's immature. But basically, people are weighing in on this. And then it starts this whole conversation about what is the etiquette of reclining your seat?
0: Mm, This is a big debate within the travel community.
1: Yeah, huge. (laughs) <laughs> I can't help you taking the piss. No,
0: I'm serious. I see people post about this all the time.
1: Yeah. So basically, I mean, the seats are built to recline. Right. But this doesn't stop everyone from having an opinion. Even to the point where the Delta, from Delta Airlines CEO, he weighs in on it. He says that the etiquette is to ask if it's okay to recline. Okay. But ultimately says that passengers have the right to recline. Right. Even Alan... You oh, know,
0: Ellen DeGeneres? Ellen
1: DeGeneres weighed in on it. She
0: loves to weigh in on the big picture. But Twitter you know feud. what? She's
1: such a she's such a fence sitter, I feel like. Mm. Ellen is not never really like throws her hat in.
0: She's a people pleaser. She's a
1: people pleaser. So she just wants
0: to dance on camera. So
1: she's like, you know, she had the right to recliner, but you know, she's so diplomatic about it. I don't even know what her response was. I just read the headline <laughs> I read the headline.
0: I we're headline readers. I
1: read the headline that said Ellen waited on it and I don't know, I scanned it. I couldn't find out a definitive thing that she said because she sits on the fence.
0: Who's got time to read the whole article?
1: Yeah. So this brought up a whole bunch of things. So I'm asking you, what do you think? Should you ask to recline your seat or should seats even recline at all?
0: I think that you should be able to recline your seat. But if somebody says like, like if you're in the second to last row and the guy in the back says, hey, you know what? My seat doesn't recline. Do you mind not reclining your seat? Then you should be like, okay, no problem. It's all about just communication, you guys. Yeah. Talk to people.
1: So they said that what it does is it creates a domino effect basically. So if the first person reclines their seat, the person behind them – because once a seat gets reclined on you, you lose so much space.
0: Oh, for sure. Like you can't
1: use your tray. You can't eat. You can't put a laptop up there. Like you basically can't do anything. Yeah. So your only option is to recline as well. Yes. To get any kind of – respite yes, from that. So then the next person and then so and forth. So, you know, it gets it makes its way down to the last person and they can't recline. Mm-hmm. I think that on a short flight, like a domestic flight that's two or three hours, I don't think you really need to recline that much. Yeah. I think that if it's long haul, you're doing 12, 15 hours, it's like, I'm going to recline my seat, man. Mm-hmm. Like- I'm going to try and get comfortable.
0: And if you're a person who has very long legs, like if you're a very tall person, then maybe consider booking the seats with extra leg room. Well, Pay that, a little bit That more.
1: is what some people have said as well. So that was, you know, some people were like, oh, well, this person has such a problem with people reclining seats. They should have booked a better seat. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's interesting. People really – I mean, yeah, you said it best. Twitter, it's a people's courtroom. It's people a people's court. People really love to weigh in on things. And people went to town on this. I
0: think we need to call in the expert Judge Judy, where do you stand on this issue?
1: W- I'm surprised she didn't say something.
0: Yeah, she needs to make a statement. It's about time she she put her foot down about this. Yeah, well, put her I'm, gavel down.
1: I'm going to say something. I'm going to make. I'm going to say my opinion. I'm not going to sit on the fence. I'm not going to be an Ellen.
0: Don't be an Ellen. I won't
1: be an Ellen. <laughs> I think that without knowing the full context, because you don't know, if, you know. Either way, I think what that guy did was wrong. You yes, can't hit. You, you no. can't hit that. And I think that he definitely probably did that. He's like – so if if you haven't seen the video, she's probably an, a middle-aged woman mm-hmm. and he's a bit younger. Mm-hmm. He's probably maybe in his 30s. She's maybe in her 50s or something mm-hmm. like that. So like if that guy did that to me, for instance, there'd be –
0: he probably wouldn't do that Exactly. Too. That's
1: the thing, you know what I mean? So, like, that I feel like is a problematic because it's a power thing.
0: Mm. You know what
1: I mean? Like, he's been a fucking brat about it. Yeah. You know, by being very passive-aggressive and physically aggressive because he's just bang, True. bang, 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 bang. Yeah. Which he wouldn't do to anybody else or anyone who was bigger because mm-hmm. they'd probably turn around and whack him in the face, which is yep. probably what I'd be more inclined to do if he did it to me. Yeah. Because if some guy was banging my seat on purpose like that... Mm-hmm. We're going to have some words. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he probably took advantage of the fact that this was an older woman sitting in front of him Yeah, rather than a big man. So I think that
1: that is some of the issue.
0: That but, is a good point. But, yeah,
1: but basically I, from what I read, which is, you know, I scanned it. I scanned it relatively thoroughly. Uh, American Airlines haven't really made any big thing. Mm-hmm. She's been very vocal about it. Yeah,
0: I bet she She's has. she very
1: boycott American Airlines. Oh my
0: God, please! Oh yeah. Like, I think that this is just an issue between two passengers, and they just need to let it die.
1: Oh uh, no, this is the airline's fault, apparently.
0: I guess because the flight attendant gave
1: rum to the the guy. Oh, uh, <laughs> because that's the big she, issue she was feels, it just
0: a thing of rum? Like I don't know. is it just like a couple of rum? Okay. I don't know.
1: <laughs> she She feels vindicated. No, is that the wrong word? She feels. What? Well, I don't know. I don't know what word you are trying she to. She feels say. like she hasn't I, been taken seriously.
0: Okay, then that's not the right word. Then that's
1: not the right <laughs> word. <laughs> Christine she feels is unvindicated. My, she feels unvindicated. I knew I was. I was in the vicinity. You're in. A, in which the is another vicinity. Another v.
0: What a v-word, Siri.
1: Alrighty. Well, okay. that That's my in the news. Um,
0: I like that. We should do more debates on this podcast.
1: Yeah. So, so right to recline or not?
0: Um. I think in general, yes. It's all it's all contextual, yeah. But I think in this case he's in the wrong.
1: I think he's in the wrong. I think that I think that it's reasonable to say to ask somebody to put the seat up if you're eating or you're doing mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. What do you guys think?
0: Yeah, what do you think?
1: Hit us up on social medias at voyage on Instagram and tell us. We'll put a poll up and we'll see what people think. Yeah, should you ask or should you just say fuck it? My chair, my rules. Yep, we'd love to know. Okay. All right, that's it for In the News. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's the episode. That's in the episode. No, nah, it's not. We're, we've actually got a lot to speak about today. Yeah, we've got many things to say. I don't even, know if, get, I don't even know if I'll get to my story. Oh,
0: will you not?
1: I don't know. Well, you said you've got a long story. You I said, do. You said you've got a very compelling and nail-biting and – Uh-oh, I really talked the story up. No, I don't know. That's how I see it in my head. <laughs> okay. All right, tell us about your story.
0: Okay, my story, I actually named my story.
1: Whoa. And you know what? I didn't name either of mine. (gasps) Is it opposite day? It could be opposite day.
0: I'll check the calendar. Okay, so this story is called Chinese Jewel Scam.
1: Okay. And it's
0: not related to jewels. Okay. (laughs) Well, it's related to jewels, but not jewels. Okay, so you named the story, but it wasn't, okay,
1: okay. I took keywords
0: and put them together to make it
1: title. Yeah. Hey, just be
0: happy that I named the story. Okay. Okay.
1: I was looking for something kind of flashier, something flashier
0: than Chinese jewel scam.
1: Well, no, not just a name, but like some kind of like play on words, a oh, pun. Oh,
0: sorry. I'll I'll do better next time. But at least I started. At least I
1: did it. You're becoming Canadian. Sorry.
0: Sorry, but at least I titled That's good. it. And uh, you
1: know what? Us, myself, and the voyagers are very proud of you. You've Thank taken you. a mental step.
0: Thanks, guys. Okay, so I got this oh, really? story. Rude. I got this story from an article on Medium. You know Medium? Yeah. Ever heard of it?
1: Yes. That's where Scott works.
0: Yeah, our friend Scott Works. There you go. At Medium. Shout out to Scott. So this is an article called How We Got Scammed Out of hundred thousand dollars in Shanghai.
1: Shang What?
0: Shanghai. It's by Monica and Amanda Shi. They are sisters.
1: Are they related to John? John.
0: Uh, I don't know. Actually, that would be hilarious. He's a she. He's a she. (laughs) He is a she. (laughs) John, our friend John is a she. His last name is she. And And now Corey is a she. Yes. Because our friend married John and now they're the she's. They're the she's. I don't know if there's any relation to Monica and Amanda. He
1: and she, she. Yep. Yes. So
0: we'll, we'll, we don't know. We'll update you on that. So Monica and Amanda are Chinese American tourists vacationing in China. Yep. They're on a. Tour- I'm assuming they're
1: not doing it recently.
0: Uh, this was in 2015. <laughs> okay.
1: This is not in the current state at the moment. Cause this is not in the news. This is this is not in the news. Um, and this has nothing to do with coronavirus. This is
0: unrelated to corona. We already did all our corona episodes, yeah, I think. We're sick of it. We. <laughs> <laughs> Play, okay no, no, we, <laughs> we it's just we can only talk so much about the coronavirus before you think about you know building a bomb shelter
1: that you think you've got it yeah exactly well it's people who have been sick most of this week yeah you know you can probably hear it in my voice i'm not as angelic as i used to be your beautiful angelic voice yes
0: okay so they are on a tour in china they are in shanghai And the tour claims – it's like a cheaper tour that claims to be subsidized by the government. But it becomes pretty apparent that they're actually subsidized by taking tourists to places like silk factories, tea shops, jade factories, where they get a commission of the profits.
1: Is it like the Tuk Tuk tours in Thailand?
0: Yes, which is what I was going to talk about. Okay, go. So this is actually really common. Sometimes it's a scam. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes Sometimes it's just annoying. Some, no, it's always annoying. Yeah,
1: sorry. It's always annoying.
0: <laughs> sometimes they package it as part of the tour where they say they're going to take you to a local market or a local shop that sells handmade goods. We've been on tours like that. Yes. And they cart you around and like wait for you to buy stuff, basically. And you're like, no, I don't want anything. So. And you're like, fine, I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. And then there's sometimes where they say they're going to take you on this tour and then instead they trick you and take you to like their uncle's rug shop where you had to buy Persian rugs.
1: That is a very popular scam racket, whatever you want to call it, in Thailand. Yes. In Bangkok, the tuk-tuk drivers, if you've ever been down Kosan Road or anything like that, you'll see the guys, hey, hey, and they'll do the little winging, the little motorbike signs. They'll be like, free tuk-tuk tour, and they talk about uh-huh. going to the Grand Palace and all these spots. Yep. Well, what usually happens, is a little travel tip in case you're going to Thailand or you've never been, if you go there, do not take a tuk-tuk tour because you will get ended up being Paraded all around Bangkok, going to tailor suits, yep. jewelry, like all these things that are basically paying on commission, these tuk tuk drivers to get you to go there. So, yeah. those tours are shit.
0: And we were on Kosan Road once and we saw a driver approach this uh, traveler couple and the, he was pitching the oh, tuk tuk yes. tour. And uh, we pulled them aside and said, hey, just so you know, like, we don't know this guy, but like, there's a scam going on that they pretend to take you. Because
1: they were about to go, they're about to say yes to it.
0: Yeah. And we just told them like, you know, we don't know, but that's. A common scam, and they decided not to go with this guy. And then as he was walking away, he went, he walked up behind me and whispered, Fuck you, in my <laughs> ear. I was like, Oh, what? dude,
1: I've thought about that story for ages. Yeah, so rude. I right? know. And he did it, he did it specifically to you. Yeah. Because I didn't hear him. And I just remember Christine just turned to me. And she goes, Oh, and I said, What? She goes, That guy just walked up behind us and goes, Fuck you.
0: And then he like disappeared.
1: Oh, he was like bang, gone. Yeah.
0: He knew that if Jules knew that that Jules would give him a little talking to. Yeah. You know. Well so, he, he
1: wouldn't say it to me. But yeah, that is so funny. Oh dude, I haven't thought about that story for ages. Yeah. Hey fuck you.
0: <laughs> so yeah. thanks, dude. Wherever you are in the world Fuck you too. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> so obviously we got in the middle of his hustle, so he probably was not very happy. Yeah, fuck us. Uh, whatever. <laughs> um, so this that kind of hustle scam situation happens literally all over the world. Yes. Wherever you are that there's tourism, that is a, a thing you should be aware of. It happens all the time. So back to our story. Monica and Amanda are on their last day of their tour in China. There's about 50 people on their tour. They have a guide named David. First off, Monica tweeted about the stuff that their guide named David says. And she used the hashtag shit David says. And it's pretty hilarious. So I thought I'd quote some Davidisms before we get into the story. One of his uh, quotes is, Last week when an old lady fell in front of me, I took a selfie before helping her up.
1: Oh, Jesus. Okay. Yeah. This is the tour this guide. This is the
0: things that the tour guide said on the tour. Okay. Wow. So he's obviously kind of a nut. Uh, he also said, I always forget the other tour guide's name because she's not attractive.
1: Mm, David's got his priorities.
0: And I love this one. When I see someone feeling uncomfortable, I want to go out of my way to make them feel even more uncomfortable.
1: Okay. So David's a gem. Yeah, literally. He sounds like quite the character.
0: You can uh, look on Twitter under hashtag shit David says, and hear some more Davidisms because there's a whole lot more. Okay. And they're pretty funny. So on their last day, they go to yet another jade store called Shanghai Mai Jewelry.
1: Okay. TMI.
0: TMI Jewelry. David tells the group just go through the motions like this is one of the stores that's required by the travel agency to visit but you don't expect to buy anything just spend like 15 minutes there and we can go and they said that's pretty odd because at the previous stops he's been saying like how lucky they are that they got to visit this factory that day and like basically telling them that they need to buy stuff. So they thought that was pretty odd. Really doing the real sell. Yeah, he's doing the real sell. So the Jade Factory looks pretty much the same as the previous ones they visited. Um, And if you've ever been into a shop as a tourist, you pretty much instantly have your guard up, right? You're like waiting for people to hustle you to sell pushy salespeople. Mm. Like it's a lot. No matter where you are. No matter where you are. Yeah,
1: even if you're shopping at Forever 21.
0: They don't have salespeople at Forever Twenty One. No way. If you ever go into a Forever Twenty One, it looks like um post-apocalyptic. There's oh, really? like never anybody in there. Yeah. <laughs> There's only people behind the uh cashier.
1: Uh what was the other one I'm thinking of? Anthropology.
0: Oh, well yeah, those I probably know. I never go in there. It's too expensive. So first they get greeted by a sales lady who gives them like the normal spiel about Jade, Nihau. the history. And the health benefits and whatnot. So the sales lady is acting super naive and innocent. She's saying things like she's surprised to learn that Chinese Americans have Chinese television in the U.S. And basically Mm. acts like she doesn't know anything about life outside of China.
1: Okay. Which could be true. It could be true. I mean, they do censor a lot of things.
0: That's true. So I should preface this with saying that the tour group was all Chinese Americans. Okay. That's an important part of the story. So, do they
1: speak Chinese?
0: I believe they do. Okay, so it didn't say that in the in the thing, but it sounded like they're you know.
1: Okay, because that would make a big difference when going to these places. Because that's true. if you're a Chinese American, but you don't speak very good Chinese, mm-hmm. and you're speaking, you're trying to converse in English, feel like you get hustled a lot mm. harder.
0: Well, I don't know about their level of Chinese fluency, but I do know that they are Chinese Americans. I'd
1: say they speak Chinese.
0: Probably. So, pretty soon, the entire group is like charmed by her cute idiosyncrasies and naivety. Naivete? Naivete? Na- Naivete? Naivete? Yeah. <laughs> Naiv- yeah. Naivete. Naivete. She- naivety.
1: Nativity.
0: Nativity scene. Yeah, Got it. So she's telling them that she's really nervous because it's her first time interacting with such a large group of Chinese Americans. Okay,
1: heard it all before. Here we go. She's pulling so, out all the stops.
0: The tour group is finding her really sweet and trustworthy, and people start to let their guard down because she's just such cutie, I guess. Mm. Now, I'm going to do a little side note. So I don't know much about the dynamic or like social power structure between Chinese citizens and Chinese Americans. Mm. But the writer of the story is Chinese-American and explains that she thinks the sales lady was basically inflating their egos by fawning over the fact that they are Chinese-Americans. Okay. So as if like, oh, what a big group of Chinese-Americans. I'm so nervous to speak with you, you know, okay, okay. that kind of thing. Uh, so the sales lady says that the CEO of the company is in the store today. It's such a lucky day that the CEO is here, here and the CEO wants to come chat with them because of their status as Chinese Americans. This CEO just has got to come in and meet them.
1: I must meet them. So
0: the CEO comes in. He's basically like telling them his life story. He's saying that he's actually a Thai immigrant, and he is only in that day because it's his wife's birthday the next day. So it must have been fate that they met.
1: Okay, this is this is sounding so dodgy.
0: Okay. But I mean, yeah, it sounds dodgy in an af- in aftermath, but in if you're caught up in the moment, it you put, it's pretty easy to get, you know, hustled.
1: Wow. Fate brought us here.
0: I'm I'm talking it up, but yeah, basically. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So he's sitting down with them, he's telling them his life story. He tells them that after the Sichuan earthquake, so I guess there was a really big earthquake in Sichuan, in the Sichuan region. Mm -hmm. He traveled to the disaster area and donated 10 million RMB on the spot. RMB is yuan. How much is that? Yen. No, Um, yen is Japanese. Oh, is it? Oh, God. What's RMB? I don't know. Chinese. RMB is a
1: style of music.
0: (laughs) It's like rhythm and blues. Yeah. RMB. I don't know. It's the Chinese currency.
1: Okay, you keep talking. I, I think it's out. called
0: yuan, isn't it? U-A-N? Maybe. Okay. Oh, goodness. Well, anyway, it's 10 million. He says he's donated 10, 10 million RMB, which is million four hundred thousand over 1,400,000 US dollars.
1: It says it's a renminbi. Renminbi? Renminbi.
0: Okay, well, there you go. There you go. So it's over a million dollars that he's donated to this earthquake. What a
1: nice guy. Yeah.
0: He's talking about the importance of always doing good and being unselfish. And, you know, people are getting really into a story. The elderly tourists have tears in their eyes when he's talking about the earthquake. Uh, So he says that he's going to take them on a store tour. A tour of stores. Store store. (laughs) Store store. He tells them he's opening a store on Fifth Avenue in New York. And because they're all from the U.S., he wants to befriend them and you know, get to know them and visit them when he's in the states. He says the pieces in the store are very expensive, and then he makes a huge profit off of each piece. And because they are friends, he will not allow them to buy anything in the store. He says that he only sells expensive things to non-Chinese people, and the, Chi- the Chinese Americans are like, okay, like, okay, cool. He's We're really, get the
1: inside deal here. He's not
0: trying to hustle us. He's directing the sales ladies that he will not accept their money and doesn't want their business, don't sell to these people. He just wants to befriend them and show them the store and go on the tour and whatnot. He's pointing out pieces in his store and saying how expensive they are but telling them not to buy it, which is an interesting like yeah, yeah. reverse I psychology. See, I could see how
1: this strategy could, out, could play. if It was very well executed, and I think that is probably something they've done a lot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, okay.
0: And this is not their first radio. So, finally, he gets to a circular jade necklace and tells them it's 1,600 RMB, which is 227 US dollars. So, it's not crazy expensive, but it's not chum change. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like 200 bucks is a lot. Yeah. So, without hesitation, he ties the necklace around a little girl in the group and tells her it's a gift. They're all in shock. They're like, wow, that's a pretty good gift. Over $200 value. And then he tells his sales ladies to give all the ladies in the group necklaces. So he's like, Oprah, he's like, you get a necklace you get and a you necklace. get a necklace. Everybody's getting a jade necklace. And the sales ladies are saying, no, we can't. The necklaces are expensive. And he's saying, oh, that's okay. I'll absorb the cost. I'm so rich. It's fine. These are all my friends now. And friends don't take advantage of each other. Oh,
1: God, They're probably just, what is it? Plastic stone then?
0: Yeah, pretty much. So everyone is eating out of the palm of his hand. Everyone's talking about what a great man this CEO is and how generous he is. And then he pulls out a tray of ruby rings. So everyone's oohing and aahing. They're like these gorgeous, bright red ruby rings. The sales lady says they're 10,000 RMB each, which is about 1400 US dollars. So These are expensive. Uh, He's still talking about how he would never sell to his friends because he wouldn't take advantage of them. And then he starts talking low, and they're all leaning in. And he says, if you're really all Chinese and you really like these rings, then I'll give them to you for free. <laughs> and he says that because it's his wife's birthday tomorrow, he wants to give back, which makes no sense logically, but okay, whatever. Okay. And then he says – so he says he's going to give everybody these rings. And then he says – This
1: good- guy – first of all, I just want to say before we continue, this guy has built up a very – Like multi dimensional scam. Yes. This is it's unique. Birthday. It is unique. And you know what? You gotta respect him for that. You
0: gotta respect him. I actually kinda wanna go to the store just to see this play out.
1: Although he can't
0: really use the same scam because we're not Chinese. So That's he can't true. be like... Well,
1: he would have one for us.
0: I'm sure he would have he one for He would probably the have Americans. the reverse. He'd
1: be, he'd be like, oh, it's so nice to meet people that aren't Chinese. Yeah, exactly. You know, all we get is Chinese. Yeah. And then would have the exact same thing. Totally. It's the old playbook.
0: It's the old playbook. So then he says, but if you feel embarrassed taking these for free, then you can pay 50 US dollars. And the 50s come out faster than ever. Bang, bang. People are pulling out their wallet. They're whipping their 50s down. They're grabbing the rings. People are thinking they're so lucky they've come on the same day as the CEO getting ruby rings for $50. Now I'm kind of like speaking in a a theatrical voice. I want
1: some ruby rings.
0: But I could totally understand how when you're there, you're caught in this moment of like camaraderie and generosity and like, you know, trustworthiness. Like it's all this huge thing that they've probably like worked down to perfect
1: art. Of course. And if you're the only, like if everybody else is, you know, buying the rings and paying the $50, then you kind of feel socially obliged to do it as well.
0: Exactly. So everyone's going nuts. Everyone's got their jewelry on. They're admiring their jewelry. They're all throwing their 50s down. And Monica and Amanda, the narrators of the Medium story, their family gets pulled aside into the VIP room. So the CEO finds out they're from LA, and he's like, oh, come to my VIP room. So this place is like decked out with remote controlled sliding doors, leather couches, all the best jewelry is back there. It's like There's the, a girl
1: there with a champagne bottle with a sparkler on it. And exactly. bottles. The Vegas girls are coming out. DJ Snake is there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Diplo. Diplo
0: Diplo's definitely Diplo back is there. Diplo is definitely
1: there. Diplo's like, Hey, I've got so many ruby rings. He's
0: like, God, all his hands are just <laughs> filled with ruby rings. So this CEO is schmoozing their dad. Uh, He's talking about contacting them when he's in America. And they think this is like a big CEO who has tons of money, like very, you know, big kind of dude. So they're like, oh, wow, he's going to come meet with us when we're in L.A. And the CEO tells the dad about how rubbing a jade pendant under, under your nose can get rid of snoring. And they're like, okay, well, this guy knows what he's talking about, so that makes sense. Yeah, I
1: mean, that's, that sounds completely normal. Okay, yeah. cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, a lot of people think Jade has, like, very healing properties, so I mm. guess it's not out of the realm of possibility. So he gets a pendant for their dad and ties it around his neck. The CEO is telling him how they're such good friends. Let me
1: guess. It's right.
0: Not quite. <laughs> he, he would never make money off of a friend. So he's basically insinuating how he'll give him the jade, like, for cost price. So he writes down a number, which is 1900 U.S. dollars. The sales lady is gasping and protesting, like, we can't sell it for that cheap. Apparently, the price tag on the pendant is 198,000 RMB, which is about $28,000. That's the price tag on this wow. thing. Uh, So he's getting it for nineteen hundred dollars. So that's a great discount. If this thing is actually worth twenty eight hundred dollars, yeah, twenty eight thousand dollars. So the whole. So
1: he thinks it's worth twenty eight thousand dollars US, and he's going to buy it for nineteen hundred. Yes. Okay. I mean, yeah. Well, he
0: he thinks that this guy sells it for twenty eight thousand dollars, but the guy has said like, oh, I mark up the prices to make a huge profit off non Chinese people, but I'm basically going to give it to you for like the right price. So the whole family's in disbelief, they're feeling so blessed that they ended up in this jewelry store on the day that the CEO was there, feeling so generous because his wife's birthday is the next day. So after they pay, they're quickly escorted out and the next family's pulled in and like, it seems like one by one that happens. So Monica and Amanda say that everyone in their group walked out with a jade necklace and a ruby ring and, you know, whatever else. So she estimates that almost everyone in their 50-person group bought a $2,000 pendant and countless ruby rings with a total value of over $100,000.
1: Wow. Yep.
0: So after the excitement wore off...
1: $100,000 US dollars.
0: Yes. So Fucking then hell. they're back on the bus, and the excitement starts to wear off. And some people start questioning the authenticity of the CEO and the tour guide is basically scolding them for distrusting such a generous man. And pretty soon they realize that all the stuff is fake. Like all the jewelry is fake. The CEO is fake. The sales ladies were actor acting basically. And they basically got fully hustled in this crazy all thing. Wow, right, yeah. What
1: a payday for that guy.
0: Yeah. Well, then I was like, I have to look up this place. Well, first of all, in the Medium article, you can read the comments, and so many other people are like, this exact thing happened to our group. Like, I spent $7,000 on this during this day, like, oh da, da, da 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 so yeah it happens all the time there's different hustles like one of them is that this woman there's a sales lady who says she's the granddaughter of the owner and she can give great discounts because her granddad will never get mad at her and the salespeople are like no you can't give that discount and she's like it's okay I'll I'll take the blame so there's like different types of the hustle but it's oh, the yeah. same, same well they
1: probably worked and, and refined them so much over the years totally it's like an A-B testing they're like testing like oh okay so this time we said grandmother, I think grandfather works better. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, grandfather works better. Totally. And he's in there with a little book. And he's, he's like scri- scribbling out things and writing in like notes. Exactly. Damn, what a hustle.
0: Yeah. So I really recommend reading this medium article because the writers go through each of the little hustles and talk about why they were fell for them so easily basically like the psychology of like group mentality and like authority like the ceo seemed like he was such an authority and yeah it's a really interesting article
1: we'll put a link to it in the show notes on not for episode 22 you can check exactly. it out yes wow
0: yep so that is the chinese jewel
1: scam all right well that that is a great takeaway for anybody traveling to china probably yeah. not soon uh, but in the future when yeah. China gets its stuff all sorted out and there's no more coronavirus, if you go to China, uh, we've never been apart from airport stopovers. Yeah. Uh, but if you do go, something to be aware of.
0: Yes. Don't get
1: hustled. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. Great story. Thank Man, you. I, that's. It's always interesting to hear about those travel scam stories about when people get like – because looking back in hindsight, as you say, you can think about it and go – That seems so obvious, but Mm -hmm. I can definitely see how being in the moment, you know. I mean, I would personally never because I would never drop that kind of money on that stuff anyway. Yeah. But you could definitely see how people could get hustled. Yeah. It's kind of sad, but.
0: My family went to Morocco a long time ago, and we bought these geodes on the side of the road that were so – beautiful and colorful oh my god they're gorgeous and then when we were driving back in our shuttle in our van we realized that that we had marker all over our hands because somebody <laughs> had just put marker on the stone to make it look prettier
1: yeah it oh, happens well, it makes a good story
0: yeah exactly
1: okay well i think we've got time for one more story let's do it yeah we've, we've sort of wrapped up short a couple of the we could wrap it up now but you know what we could just keep going.
0: Well, Amy wants longer episodes, so, she does. so this one's a finally
1: home. give a door. So my main story I, you know, I didn't title any of my stories. <gasps> wow. I know. Opposite week. It is opposite week. My story comes from Ben Devitt, who is a fellow Aussie and he's a worldwide traveller and he's a writer over at Elephant's Atlas. And I'll put a link to this story and his website in the show notes. And Ben's story goes back to his time travelling from Alaska and through Canada and the US in two thousand fifteen. So, in fact, Ben was in Edmonton, Alberta, funnily enough, mm. where we are now, where this story starts.
0: Oh, nice. Local. Yeah.
1: And he was looking at used vans for sale and came across a place called General Truck Rentals, and he purchased an ex-rental van for a cool 500 bucks. Cheap. Yeah. So, it was cheap, but it had done some serious miles. It was an ex-rental van, so it was pretty beat up. Mm-hmm. And Ben took some time to fix up the van a bit, making it road trip ready, But to his own admission, he said it looked pretty ugly.
0: Sure, that's not true. It had
1: dents in it. It was fading paint job. It was white. It was kind of like, you know, it looked kind of crappy. Kind of like our van? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And he sent a picture of it to his sister. And this is a quote that his sister said. She said, it looks like a kidnapper van from an American horror movie.
0: So it is like our van. So it's
1: just like our van. So Ben looked like a serial killer in his new van. But he's set for a road trip. And we've had a bit of shade thrown at us about our van.
0: I love how creepy our van looks. Hashtag
1: keep it creepy. Yeah. Aesthetically speaking, our van is not the prettiest.
0: It keeps the weirdos away and the normal people. It keeps everybody away. It which really is does. fine by us.
1: I always feel better having you by my side when I'm driving past like children. Because I feel <laughs> like when I drive our van past children and I'm by myself, and I, you know, like when you're driving, like I'm surveying the road and watching, you know, you make contact, eye contact with someone while you're driving. Mm-hmm. If I make contact with like a girl who's like, say like 10 to 15 years old, when I'm driving the van, I feel like a pedophile yes. instantly. And she looks at me and she, I can tell she's like, I think you're a pedophile. And I'm like, she's like, I'm not getting in that van. Yeah. And so I always feel much better when you're in the passenger seat, because when we drive past young children, I don't feel so creepy, but our van is kind of creepy looking. Yes, it is. Anyway, so so is Ben's. So anyway, Ben's off an adventure. He made his way down Alberta, crossed into the US, into Montana, which is right where Glacier National Park is. Hmm. Beautiful spot. He spends a week exploring the area, and he continues south down to the town of Whitefish, Montana. So Ben's driving his beat-up van through town, and he passes a construction zone. You know, when they have the people with the hats and the signs, and they're like, you know, the people
0: with the top hats yeah, and the, the, the top berets. Hats.
1: And there's a lady directing traffic, and when he approaches her in the van, she starts pointing at his van, and she starts, like, saying something. She grabs her radio, and she's, like, talking on the radio, and she's pointing. And then she stops in front of him, and she puts the stop sign down, and then he stops his van, and then a truck pulls in front of him to block his path. Wow. So Ben sort of starts surveying the crowd, and he's looking around, and he can tell something's going on. You know, people are kind of looking towards him, and he's not right sure, So he's but he's like, hmm, okay and within a few more minutes he says some more cars show up and they kind of surround the van and including two cop cars mm-hmm. so ben minding his own business traveling around the us he thinks he's you know thinking oh maybe the cops are looking for someone and then he starts to look around and turn his head and he realizes that pretty much everyone's just looking at him oh my goodness and he sees a policeman gun out <gasps> pointed towards him approaching what? his passenger window
0: Gun out, gun Jesus! Out,
1: approaching his passenger window, and he, Ben says that he, all the episodes of cops and all the things that he's seen in oh his head God. just start to kind of play out in his head.
0: Especially being in the states,
1: yeah. And he hears a cop say, "Keep your hands where I can see them."
0: Jesus, this is
1: a cop with a gun, and he doesn't know what to do. Which I feel like I wouldn't know what to do. He's like, "Should I grab the wheel? Should I put my hands up?" You know, he's just thinking, "I don't want to get shot." Yeah, basically. Which I don't know. What are you supposed to do?
0: Well, where are his hands currently? I guess they're
1: on the steering wheel, maybe?
0: I, guess, I don't know. I've never been in this situation.
1: You've never had a gun?
0: I've never had a you? gun or had a gun pulled on me. I tried to stay away from guns in general. Yeah, that's a good one. You know how clumsy I am. Yeah, seriously. Nobody wants to give me a gun.
1: Uh, next thing he realizes that there's a cop at his driver's side window, his door's yanked open, and he's basically dragged out of the van.
0: What the hell? His
1: arms are behind his back, and he's being led away from the van with everyone looking at him. So he's got no idea.
0: embarrassing. I-
1: so he's got no idea what's going on. And, yeah, I think he said he was, like, you know, got that kind of feeling of, like, okay, you know, what's going on. I
0: have a guess, but I don't And know. so
1: he asks the cops, like, what's it all about? And they don't respond at all. Instead, they just ask him a series of questions. They're, like, you know, like, where did you come in on the border? Where have you come from? Like, where, do you have guns in there? Like, just
0: Jesus. The- and he's
1: just basically, like, mate, what's going on? Yeah. You know? And so he gets questioned – by what appears to be, like, the leading cop or the leading authority. Uh-huh. And he makes a pretty quick point of, like, trying to show the guy that he's an Aussie. Uh-huh. And yeah, so he's just like, you know, oh, what's going on, mate? You know, like <laughs> it's something. extra Aussie Yeah, accents. and he's like.
0: Just start talking about kangaroos.
1: Yeah, he's like, oh, I've got a kangaroo in the back, eh? <laughs> and so he says to him, like, you know, here's my passport. Check it out. See where I Because the guy's like, where did you come in from? Where did you cross from? And he's like, oh, I crossed from the, you know, from the border. And And so after going through Ben's passport, they – kind of start to realize pretty quickly that he's not, in fact, the criminal that they're looking for. Oh, my God. And they explained to him that there had been an Amber Alert issued because there was a murderer on the loose.
0: Oh, Jesus.
1: Yeah. So in a town just over the border in Canada, so just before you cross over into Montana, apparently there was a guy that had shot someone in cold blood, like cold-blooded shot someone. and killed cold them blood. In cold blood. That's what they say, yeah? Yeah. And then kidnapped... A young girl less than 24 hours ago. Holy shit. So that whole region, I think he said it was like a 200 mile radius, is on alert for this person who is in a white van. Oh my God. With Alberta plates.
0: Oh Jesus.
1: <laughs> so just happened to be his luck. That's who they were looking for. So he's in the white van that he got in Edmonton, Alberta. He's got Alberta plates. And he's driving in this shitty, like, rape van-looking thing.
0: Oh, my God. You know,
1: he did some nice stuff on the inside, but on the outside, admittedly, he says it looks, you know, like, pretty junky. And he's yeah. got Alberta plates, and the cops have just gone, this is the guy.
0: Oh, my God.
1: So he says, you know, he tells the officers, search the van, like, you know, he's just trying to sort of get this misunderstanding covered. Yeah. And I think that at that stage, they kind of realise, you know, they look inside the van, they see his passport, it's from Australia the mood changes and people are chatting, they're becoming a bit more friendly and things like that. And, yeah, so Ben's, Ben's making jokes about, you know, like, oh, I best, I guess I better paint my van the next chance I get or something like that. And he jokes to the police officer, he goes, he jokes about how much of a great story this will make, mm-hmm. you know, because at this stage they're like, all right, they realise he's, not the, he's not the killer. So they're sort of getting a bit more chummy and he's chatting with them. And he said that the cops actually say to him, do you want to take some photos?
0: Oh my god!
1: He's, he said. The cops said, "You can take some photos if you want. You know, you on the pavement, cuffed with your shirt off, like what? looking like that.
0: That's <laughs> hilarious." Yeah,
1: he, he said. He. I think he was probably just so taken back by the whole. I mean, even though it's a misunderstanding, you feel like you'd still be pretty. You get guns pointed. You're like, "What the fuck is going on?"
0: Oh yeah, that would be terrifying.
1: So he's probably still coming down from like a adrenaline like, from rush. An adrenaline rush. And he he said at the time he didn't. He wishes he had now. I guess. But uh, he does get a few pictures of the cops. And he's got a picture of his van and the cops on the article, which I'll I'll link to. And, yeah, so he doesn't get any snaps of him on the ground cuffed, but he does get a couple of pictures of the cops as a memory of the story. That's
0: hilarious that the cops offered to take pictures of him staged on the ground. (laughs) Wouldn't that
1: be hilarious?
0: (laughs) Yeah, what a funny thing. These cops must be pretty chill. Yeah.
1: Hey, uh, what about if we just pretend to cuff you and, like, push your face into the pavement? Yeah, take your shirt off. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So he gets all of his docs back and the cop gives him a card with a number on it. Basically, like, if you get pulled over again, because people are going to be looking for this, oh just God. tell them to call this. We all get sorted. Jesus. But he ends up making it out to his friend's place. And the first thing that they do is they grab some paint and they decide to paint the van. And he, Smart. He paints a little mural on the van instead. Oh, that's so, nice. Yeah, yeah. It actually looks quite nice. It was a good job. But yeah, that is Ben's story from when he was traveling through uh, the US and Canada in his van. That is intense. Keeping it creepy and literally getting pulled over by the cops. Wow,
0: that's intense. That would really... I probably pissed myself. That's a that's a very scary. <laughs> what if you situation? put on yourself?
1: I pissed my pants actually. I pissed my
0: pants. Sorry, that's intense.
1: Yeah. Wow. We haven't had any. Thankfully, we haven't had any issues like that.
0: Definitely not like that. We have gotten a knock on our door from cops a couple of times, but nothing that scary.
1: No, just when we were a few times when we were traveling a couple of years ago in the van. We did a big trip, and we were staying in places like car parks and shopping centre mall car parks and. You know, we just had a little knock on the door, police, like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, oopsie, Oopsie. but yeah, nothing, anything too bad.
0: I wonder if they caught the murderer. I don't know. I'm going to have to
1: investigate. Christine is a detective.
0: I am an internet detective.
1: She will find out and find out. So yeah, I'm not sure. There was no, uh, I should ask Ben. I'm not sure. Wow. I would have followed the story and tried to find out.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. What a, what bad luck that you would have the same color van with the same plates.
1: And just happened to be driving around that area within 24 hours.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. There you go. There but you he made go. it out
1: safe and I'm assuming he had a great trip after that and nothing else happened to him.
0: Nothing bad happened ever again in his life.
1: Yeah, no idea. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he left a follow-up.
0: <laughs> wow, that's a good story.
1: Yeah, so that was uh, – I wanted to – a couple of van stories. I've got a couple, actually. I should have put them together for a van episode. Ooh, a van A van
0: Yeah.
1: If there's anybody else that's traveling in a van and you've had issues, you I'm should...
0: I'm sure Who anybody who's ever traveled in a van has had issues. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> that's an intense way to travel,
1: man. Yeah. Well, you know, this is a great story to tell on the eve of us getting back in the van for another two weeks traveling through Canada. So, hopefully... We don't have any issues like this, but if we do, you better believe that you'll be hearing about them. Yeah, because that please, is a not so Bombayage viage podcast.
0: Please, no murderers in California plated vans. If you're a murderer, get a different van.
1: Yeah, we or don't different want plates. any
0: trouble. No or different plates. <laughs> Change your
1: plates. Change your plates, please.
0: Nevada, Utah, whatever.
1: So cheers, Ben. Thanks for letting us tell your story. Thanks, Ben. And if you would like to have your story told on the Not So Bon Voyage podcast, you can go to notsobonvoyage.com slash submit, and there's a beautiful little form there where you can fill in the details. And if your story is cool, you might just get it read. If it's super cool. If it's super cool.
0: Yeah. Okay,
1: I think we're wrapping up.
0: Yeah, let's wrap this let's baby wrap up. Let's wrap it
1: up because we got to get it out. Yeah, we do. All right, it's coming out on a Wednesday. But we will be back onto a normal schedule, hopefully next week. But you never know.
0: We like to keep you on your toes.
1: Yeah. You know you'll get one a week. So
0: Yeah, so settle down over there. Relax, yeah, you okay? Will get,
1: you will get one episode a week. Yeah. Unless something really happens, like something crazy, you get, I don't know. Well,
0: then we'll tell about it on the podcast. Yeah, we'll talk about it on the
1: podcast. <laughs> but you will get one episode a week, whether it comes out on a Monday or Tuesday. Wednesday will be the latest it comes out. Yeah. Okay. None
0: of this Thursday business. No, no, no. no.
1: That's getting weight. That's almost the next week. Yeah. Okay. Wednesdays, the latest will come out. We're sorry, guys, but we love you and thanks for joining us for the episode and for this voyage. And we are out of here. Bye.